Dropnik Wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. You stupid, stupid old man. I'm a snake. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. I'm gonna show you and all these mindless sheep that I am the devil himself. Who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby? There were 11 title defenses, some of which occurred in a packed at Wembley Stadium and Arthur Ashe in New York. MGF has had a hell of a reign, but after 406 days, it's now over. And you know what they say absence makes the heart grow fonder so we'll see mjf in a couple of months and his babyface run to get his hands on adam cole welcome to the slightly reformat formatted drop mcwrestling podcast i'm gaff and that's mike Armonti. um we have a myriad of topics to talk about today and uh we said before that we're going to try to do everything in person hasn't happened so we kind of just accepted sometimes we're going to have to do it on discord and that this is one of those times because the weather is awful outside so happy new year to everybody Woo, let's kick this off. We have a bunch of stuff, and I actually want to immediately throw us into something that I think is very interesting. Um, I want to talk about MJF's um, Players' Tribune piece. So he wrote a piece for Players' Tribune where he talked about AEW himself, his injuries, his beliefs, where he thinks the company is going, where the company came from, and gave some insight that we don't normally see from a not just a wrestler in a big promotion, but we don't see from a wrestler, a wrestler of his caliber. So if JD McDonough wrote this and talked about WWE, it would have made waves, but because it's AEW's world champion, it's it's obviously going to hit the headlines a bit more, I suppose. So did you read it, Mike? I did. And what did you think? It was quite an interesting piece. Yeah. He talked about a lot of I don't want to say a lot of like things I didn't expect, more of like a lot of things you wouldn't normally talk on. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people feel that when he when it was coming to World's End, a lot of people felt like his reign was was over. over. Yeah. And I think that he felt that he needed to get things out there before he was going to be off TV for a while. That's what it felt like to me, because in the article, he talked about not being able to lift his hand above his or his arm above his head. He talked about yeah. his injuries, that his his hip is fucked and everything. And when you see him wrestle, you can't really tell. I know he has the, the shoulder brace and he has the kinesio tape, but like it's not the same. You can't really tell because he operates at such a high level. Um, but in that match against Samoa Joe, which I'm, I don't know if you've seen yet, because I know you went to bed because you you had work. Um, I watched the him and Joe match. Match him and Joe, yeah. In in that match, he is taking the abuse that Joe is giving him to put Joe over as much as possible. Yeah, they had to make yeah they have to make Joe believable. Yeah, and to me that screams that he's off TV for a long time. Um, there in the. He's piece. been removed from the roster. He has. So 
there there's a couple of of ways that AEW can handle this and one of the ways that they can handle this is bring him back as a big surprise and go after Adam Cole at some point who I presume is going to have a feud with Samoa Joe as part of the deal for the world title um yeah there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense um but like i said it to you the other day everybody got a benefit from that except adam cole i saw one tweet today one tweet which i i explained to you i said i know adam cole may have been done a raw deal here but if you think about it logically cole has never beaten mjf cole has beaten samoa joe so the way that i was looking at it was oh is it possible that Adam Cole said, I know I can beat Joe, therefore I'd rather go against Joe for the world title as opposed to MJF, which if that's the story they tell, it makes sense. But I saw a tweet today, and I'll ask you this, Mike, because I completely forgot. Who put Roderick Strong in the neck brace? Joe. Joe. Yeah. So it was the big thing uh, when MJF fought Joe like three months ago? Yep. No, jeez. Arthur asked September. September. Was it? September, yeah. So Adam Cole runs out and manages to save MJF before he breaks his neck. Yeah. And it would, people were saying, like, oh, this is quite interesting because Cole didn't make it to save Roderick Strong. It is very it is very interesting, though. Sorry, I'm turning off my heater. There we go. So something that I find incredibly fascinating in all of this is... Samoa Joe is at the apex of the second biggest company in the world, let's be real. I know New Japan is there, but AEW are the second biggest company in the world. Mm -hmm. So he's at the helm of that company. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to, for example, Revolution, he's likely not going to lose the title there. He's likely going to hold on to the title until at least May, which is five months away. So the thing that's incredibly interesting to me is how long do you take MJF off TV? Because if you are going down this avenue of he hasn't re-signed. Yeah. You're going to have nothing but rumors about him and WWE for the next five months. Which yeah. we know already that with AEW, AEW don't really do the thing of when it comes to the end of their contract with, with wrestlers. They don't make a, a big deal about keeping them off TV. They actually allow them to be on TV up until their contract's up. We just saw it with Andrade, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. They allow them to be on TV after their contract is expired. Yeah, so like Andrade is likely going to show up at our day one Raw tonight. Likely, yeah. right? But Andrade wrestled on the pay-per-view two days ago. So AEW aren't fearful of allowing somebody to be in a, in a prominent spot and then be off TV only after performing at such a high level or in front of such a large audience. Where WWE rarely do it. They did it with Edge. Edge is the last one I can think of that they did do it. I can't think of somebody else that they did it at at, at that level. But my uh, question... Was that so, telling me like Adam Cole did the... He did. but So yeah. Adam Cole, there you go, that's one. But like what I was saying back then was it was interesting with Adam Cole because he did a couple of NXT tapings ahead of time and the way it lined up was he was on NXT like eight days before um, he showed up on the next Dynamite or something like that. But it was like three days between, because it was Saturday or Sunday, I think it was a Sunday. He was on NXT to Tuesday and on the Sunday he was on All Out. So it, it can happen. But it's rare, it's the point I'm making. 
Yes. So, because of that, the fact that they've put MJF in such a prominent spot and have pushed him so hard for are also not fearful of putting people in that spot before their contract expires is going to lead a lot of people down the avenue of he probably or possibly didn't re-sign. Which well, they, I they feel... they wanted to play this for a while. They have, but then they stopped. Which is, which is where my problem comes into this. So, I... The, the bidding war of 2024 thing was a heel thing. So, yeah. I want to leave this place. And even Tony Khan said himself that MGF has become a big... Not advocate, I suppose, but ambassador for AEW. And represents the company in such a positive light. And... I feel like because they've he's not a heel anymore and they've dropped the bidding war 2024 thing, they either shouldn't be doing this at all because he's because if he's coming back as a face and you want it as a surprise, I get it, but he can still be on the roster. Um, removing him from the roster, I feel like is a heel play. I I don't like the bidding war storyline idea at all. A lot of people don't. I think it's ridiculous to play a storyline where your top guy might leave. I think it's ridiculous. No, see, I disagree. I think it's okay to do it in certain cir- certain circumstances. And that certain circumstance is CM Punk in 2011. So it can happen. However, CM Punk said, maybe I'll go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. He's name dropping multiple promotions, but none of these promotions are bigger than WWE. They're not like, yeah. right? But when you're talking about AEW, WWE is bigger than AEW in every capacity. It is. Yeah. Um, so when MJF is constantly dropping WWE bombs on TV and saying, I'm going to go to the Fed and all this stuff, it puts your company down. Cause, and it's constant too. It's not just a one-time promo. Like Punk cut that promo once and never dropped another promotion's name. So like... I don't know. I don't like it either. I, I It feels very... Strange isn't the right word. But I'm not sure what is. Yeah. I understand that. It's... Do, do you feel like they've backed themselves into a corner? It feels like... There isn't a whole lot of ways this can... How do I describe this? MJF needs to... Like, this has to pay off massively. Yeah. And I don't think it can. I think... The only way... And this is the God honest truth. The only way that they can have this pay off the way that they wanted to pay off is having him off TV for many, many, many moons and going after Adam Cole when Adam Cole is the world champ. It still feels it's strange. The, Even if it, you does, have Adam it, it does. It does. No, no, I agree. It does. But if you think about this logically, nothing else makes sense. Like yeah, it doesn't if feel like a, a good play. If they if they bring him back in four months or three and a half months, we'll say just like I don't know, like the mid April or start of April, going into double or nothing territory. If they bring him back then. And he is gunning for Adam Cole. And it's the face chasing the heel. And it's the the usual thing the other way around with MJF, which is 
there's loads of goons putting his putting his way, and the face has to go through all the goons to get to MJF. If they do this, where MJF has to go against Matt Taven, has to, has to go against Mike Bennett, has to go against Wardlow, has to go against Roderick Strong, but has to go against Joe before getting to Adam Cole, and then he beats Adam Cole at the pay per view. That is that is an all time moment in story if they do it right. Yeah, but I, and I feel like it's the only way they can do it. It'll be a great moment at the time. The big issue I still I have with it is like I don't know. It feels really weird to do an angle where your top guy is like, "I'm gonna leave." Yeah, I agree. Not from like a wrestling perspective, but just from a company. They they stopped doing it, and it felt right. But now it's nearly like they want to go back to it. I don't think it's intentional that they want this to necessarily be in the discussion. I just feel like they laid down all of the building blocks so early on that they need to follow the initial direction that they had, which when MGF was laying down all these teasers and saying this and that about WWE, there's no way in hell he thought he'd be a face at this point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I know I I do think when he comes back he should be a heel. I don't think he can. He just oh, it'd be fantastic. He, it it would be fantastic, but he just got written off TV as as the biggest face in the company. Um by a heel faction. He can come back as a heel. He has to come back as a face. Um unless they do something I don't know. I don't I, I don't I don't know what they could do. I I would just like I'd prefer him as a as a heel. Everyone did. His um yeah. I will say something that a lot of people might disagree with me with. The acclaimed are one of the most over acts were fifty to a hundred times better as heels. And the reason why is because they were very good at playing to the audience as heels, more so than faces. I know the scissor me thing, but the, the acclaimed uh, still one of the most over acts are incredibly stale. And it looks like they're turning heels soon enough, which is good, right? Yep. When Max Caster came out and was cutting promos as a heel, rapping promos as a heel, they were infinitely better than the face ones. Because in the face ones, he has to pull punches. Because he can't be as offensive because that's a heel thing to do. So, MJF is in a similar vein. Where because he's a face, he's not being as brash as he, as he used to be. Um, and even at the start of his reign... He he was a heel. Like I know he came back and people cheered him. He was a heel, and he was cutting yeah, the pro. He, he started yeah. being a champ. Yeah, with Adam Cole and everything. But like he was a heel. He and he he did all the promos we liked. Um, but man, I don't know what they're doing. But but even like recently, his most interesting thing was the well, I thought his most interesting piece was that part with uh with Kenny. Yeah. Where it's like he's such a lovely guy, and then he gets Kenny backstage, and it's like thirteen days. You, you fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like that's fantastic. Yeah, it's good, and that that's what you love about MJF. It's the it's the arrogance which we're not seeing that much of. And even in his, did you ever see his tough enough? Uh, yes. Bio video. Maxwell where, Jacob Feinstein. But even yeah. at that point, he was still Maxwell. J- he's still MJF. He's, and still, he's MJF. still better than you. Yeah, like it's. The, the arrogance is what made him such a despicable heel. So when he drops the arrogant, it makes him a loved face. And look, 
let, let's be real with MJF as well. One of the best wrestlers on the planet. One of the best workers on the planet. <clears throat> he's played in front of, not played, he's performed in front of the biggest audience in wrestling history. Like, you cannot knock this man's achievements. And when that's what we're not, that's not what we're trying to do. Um, but he was better as a heel. And it's not that the face experiment didn't work. It did. It worked spectacularly well. Um, but it's time for a change now. It's time for him to be bad guy MJF because that's when all the promos were were at, at its best. Um, yeah. In that article, just to choose something you want to say? No, no, I, no. I was just thinking about some of his bad guy promos again. Yeah, he had very good bad guy promos. But It's that one where it's like, you can't say respectfully and then say whatever you want. Respectfully, shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's good, like. Um, very good as a heel. Um, his going back to the the players tri- tribune piece. He he talked about his injuries, right? Um, the exact same injuries is what Joy Joy Joe exploited in the match at World's End, mm. and ultimately left let led to him losing his title. Um, but one other thing he talked about, which I found very interesting as well is he always talked about um and he said this before he said this i think two or three times before in passing where every time he has one of his good moments it's there's there's always a bad moment attached to it and it happened again and yes mjf was in new york now he's from on long island so like this is essentially his back backyard um, where he was in the Nassau Coliseum. So when he had to go basically hometown and defend his title as the beloved babyface against a despicable heel who has been in cahoots with the devil, that's a good moment for him. I know he lost the title, but it's a good moment, which was unfortunately attached with um, one of the loudest booed matches I can remember on it's any show. Fire. But it, see, it wasn't even like, like bad guys love getting heat. Yeah, it, it's it's a great thing. It's exactly what you want. This is bad it heat. Was, yeah, this was not good. This was essentially like it was. Uh, there were signs that said, "What was it?" End, world's NDA. World's NDA. Yeah. So let's there go away. Yeah. Do, not, do, 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 do you do you want to take it away? What we're talking about? So there was a Nick Houseman who people don't like. Correct. Uh, decided that he would claim Chris Jericho was a sexual assaulter. Yeah. Um. They, there doesn't seem to be a massive amount of evidence for it. Do you want me to get more context for the listeners? You can do. Uh, yeah, so Nick Houseman came out said this. It picked up a lot of steam. Kylie Ray, who is the person involved... Uh, liked a tweet in response to it, right. and then there were also rumors from like 2019 about the about a similar thing. So it doesn't really look good. And then everyone was like, "Look, until this is investigated, Chris Jericho cannot be on TV because when Broadout happened, you fired MJF on the, or you fired CM Punk on the spot. Brawl in, but oh, sorry, a brawl in. Yeah, he fired still- CM Punk on the spot." Yeah. And like these rumors from 2019 in the media scrum, he didn't say whether or not it had been investigated. Mm-hmm. There, there's a it couple was, of interesting things about this. Yeah, it was all very strange. It feels like, and the crowd were fully aware they did not want to see Chris Jericho doing anything. 
it so, felt like Daniel Garcia and Darby Allen were also in a similar. I'm Ricky vein. Starks. Like, sorry, I was I meant Ricky Starks, not Daniel Garcia. Yeah. But they were both in the vein of like go away, essentially. See, seemed to be that vibe. So, some more context. Um, I don't know if you were aware of this either, Mike, but um, something interesting with Nick Houseman. So. This isn't exactly related to this, but I have a feeling this is related to this in some way, right? Nick Hausman, for the last two media calls, has not been, since Punk's been gone, has not been called upon by Tony Khan for a question. Um, Every single scrum before that, he's been called called upon a media call. He's been called upon for a question. Why and, does everyone hate him? I don't actually know why people hate him. So there's a couple of things with, with Nick Hausman. Do you know the way you said at the start of your your piece there that there doesn't seem to be a lot of evidence for it? Yeah. Nick Houseman has a tendency in history, and look, guys, for anybody listening, I listen to all of these dirt sheets and stuff, and then I take it with a pinch of salt whether I believe it or not, Um, for the most part. Some things I would believe. For example, I saw Sean Ross Sapp tweeted by Kenny Omega, and I was like, okay, he definitely has the details from Kenny Omega himself here, like if... He has the, this info, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you can believe more more things than others. With Nick Houseman, Nick Houseman has made many claims in the past where there hasn't been a whole lot of basis. He also is in the camp of a couple of wrestlers that would be considered anti-elite. And when I say that, I'd say, for example, during Brawl Out, he was basically on team cm punk the entire way which is fine you can take sides that's fine but like your job as a journalist is to report factually as factually as you can and you can say what you want about the way that like alvarez or Meltzer, Meltzer or sean ross sap the way they report things you can say whatever you want that's fine the young bucks went to cm punk cm punk punched the young bucks started a fight this is factual the story Nick Housen put out there was the Young Bucks kicked their door, kicked CM Punk's door to start the fight. There's way more to it than that. I don't want to go down this because we'd be here for fucking a half an hour talking about this. But like Nick Houseman has a history of embellishing things like this. Um, on top of that, doesn't seem to be a great person, just generally speaking, um, based on all of the stuff I've read about him. But with Nick Houseman, he has not been called upon for the last couple of media calls and media scrums. I think because Punk's gone, they're not talking to him now because of all the stuff he said about the company in the past. So I think they're going to allow him to be on the calls. I think that every so often he will be allowed to ask a question. But I don't think that they're going to to give him what, what he's looking for, which is obviously exclusives for his website you think so, they won't give him what he wants give me what i want so the point that i'm getting at here is i think that this chris jericho kylie ray stuff um that nick hausman called chris jericho harvey weinstein on his podcast that's um, not a great it's not a great thing nope nope not a great thing and while i think that there are definitely legitimate 
arguments to be made here that this happened and i yeah. think that it's i'm a hundred percent going to believe kylie ray based on the responses that she's given out um very limited responses she's given out um i'd be fairly confident it did happen but the point i'm getting at is nick hausman seemed to have done that literally the day after the media call or something like that or two days after seems to me like after tony khan seems to me like a receipt to be honest um to to try and like like there was there was no reason he couldn't have said that after the pay-per-view there's no reason that he couldn't have said that two years ago there's no no reason he couldn't have said it four years ago um and i look you would think that like these things would be said when they happen yeah so if you have as a journalist if you have this story why not say like oh hey i have this this is this is a pretty big story that during the whole Me Too movement of 2020, 100% should have come out, and it didn't. Um, I I obviously the NDA potentially is a big part of that, and let's not forget all of this stemmed from Chris Jericho centering the situation around himself again with CM Punk's lawyer basically and saying that Chris Jericho never signed. Chris Jericho said on Twitter that he never signed an NDA. About brawl out and that uh, he can talk about it. He didn't um, sign an NDA. Uh, he doesn't adhere to a company handbook. Yeah, he said, "I don't have an employee handbook. I never have. I don't adhere to, adhere to one. All this shit. Um, very bad stuff. Um, which led to this whole Kylie Ray situation. Um, whether there's an NDA there or not, it's it's we can speculate as much as we want to. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, for me, the most telling thing is Tony Khan which AEW is the, the company I primarily watch. Um, I got real quick. Why go did he answer the question with a hat and sunglasses on? He looks so okay. ridiculous. Yeah, so Tony Storm was there. Um, she's not there when he answers the question. He ans- So as far as I'm aware, right, if I remember correctly, because I was fucking wrecked watching this, he wears the hat and the glasses, right? And answers the question, and then immediately after answering the question, the PR person runs up and takes the hat and glasses off him. Oh, it's it's so ridiculous. because because it was a serious question. Your man was like, "This looks really fucking bad. I need to take these off him now." Um, so the most telling thing to me in this is the media scrum for World's End, where Tony Khan was asked point blank twice twice not once twice if there was an investigation took place and tony khan twice said that aw has the best safety record of any company he said that tony khan has the best well-being of its employees at heart and basically they're 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 the best wrestling promotion to work for now while i do believe that now i thoroughly believe that Tony Khan absolutely knew about what happened back in 2019 between Chris Jericho and Kylie Ray. And when I saw the clip of him, there's a clip of him from 2019 or 2020 where he's at a medium scr- media scrum and they ask him, what's the status of Kylie Ray? And he says that, oh, she asked her release. I granted her release. We talked about the her reasons for leaving and that's it. And then someone said, well, it's am- amicable. So he said, yeah, very amicable. And then he's moving on as fast as possible. I and when I saw that clip, it's it it looks like a guilty party. It really does. So 
All Tony Khan had to say was, as simple as this, give an answer. You don't need a political answer here. You need to just give people an answer because it's a very serious situation. Yeah, was there an investigation? To... Yes. Yes, this has been investigated. I'm going to say no more on this now. That's all he used to say. And if he says, yes, this has been investigated, and Chris Jericho said on TV, obviously the claims were false. And if he says, this hasn't been investigated, it will be investigated now, then it's like, okay, it's being investigated now. And it's still fine. People and still it's still fine. Chris Jericho doesn't need to be on TV for the next few weeks. He doesn't have to be. It's fine. Um, it just felt like it was handled horrifically. What do you think? It was. It does not seem good. Yeah. It's like starting it off with the hat and glasses. How do you not have the wherewithal to take the hat and glasses off you? It looked please, like he had please, a big wig on. It was really funny. Please give him a pass for that. It's the, it, Yeah, because he had somebody who was in character beside him who told him not to take him off. And then he got hit with a hardball question when he had them on. Um, it would. That's it, fair. It, I understand. In, it would, it, but it still, it would have also looked really bad if he took them off, like answering the question as well. It would have. In a vacuum, it's so hilarious. It is. I, I don't think that's something to focus on. Anything else? Uh, no, it's not. Um, other than that, he definitely could have answered it in a better way, where people aren't kind of asking that question of, oh well. Did it happen or did it not? Like you can just give, give a corporate answer essentially. What but, did? Sorry, go on. Like, I always expected him to give a corporate answer where it's he doesn't answer anything, but he kills it a bit. Yeah. But it felt like he didn't do that. It felt like it was literally just, oh, this is the best place to work for. It's like that that doesn't answer my question, dude. Yeah. Like, like what, is this man investigated? That's literally yeah. We're a great place to work for. Yeah. It's bad. And man, lie to me if you want. So the the match itself. I know you found this funny, so you can take this over. The Jericho match. Yeah, so it was Jericho, Guevara, oh Sting, and Darby Allen versus Um uh, Can I also get to catch the Yes Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs. They're so forgettable. Um uh, no 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 the the tag champs, uh, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Big Bill and Ricky Starks, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the match itself was grand. Yeah. So Jericho makes his entrance. Uh, camera has to keep cutting away from like World's NDA, Jericho away signs, all that kind of shit. That was really funny. That was very funny. Sammy Guevara makes his entrance. They're not introduced as a tag team, so they at least managed to get that part right. Yeah. Uh, and then Darby Allen comes out, and this is kind of the beginning of the bad news. Yeah. So Darby Allen comes out, and you see him before the camera cuts away. Darby Allen goes, he call he's he either calls him a piece of shit, or he tells him to go fuck himself or something along the line. I think of he that. says go fuck yourself, you piece of shit, or he says, come on, you piece of shit, or something like that. So yeah, something Darby like Darby Allen is clearly upset about something, and he screams just just so people understand, right? He's screaming this at the ring. It doesn't necessarily mean it's at Jericho, but like he's screaming this at the ring, and the, he you wouldn't be saying to the crowd, "Come on, you pieces of shit." Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't say it to the crowd like when you're a face. So like, I don't really understand. He's talking to someone in the ring. Now yeah. whether that's Jericho is another thing, but like th this did not spell good news. No. Well, not even a little bit. 
Um, so the match begins. Uh, every time Jericho is in the ring, people are upset. They're booing him. Can, can, can I say one thing real quick? Go on. I'm surprised you skipped over his entrance so fast. Who's? It's Jericho. So Jericho comes out, and at the start, there's like a bit, a few boos. And but people are singing a song, and as the song is going on and on, the boos are getting louder. Like from the start of the song to the f- the point where the crowd is singing, the boos are slowly getting louder and louder and louder. So th- they, this they is setting build. the tone. So like people, I feel like people thought they'd be able to get over, it, and then the more they saw of him, the more annoyed they were. Um, also didn't introduce them as the sex gods. Thank God, thank God they didn't do that. Mm. Yeah, probably the best decision they made. Yeah, regarding Thank that God. match. Yeah, Don't... was to not introduce them as less sex gods. They did post about it on Instagram the night before. Yeah, John, um, explain. You, you are the only person I saw say this. What about them? Yeah, not, you're, like, you're the, the you're the only us. one. You're the only one. You're the only person on Twitter. So I use Twitter a lot, as does Mike here. Yep. Mike is the only person I saw who copped AEW story, an AEW so was... story on, on Instagram. Well, so they put up a story on Instagram about six hours or so after the the whole everything had come out, and it's a full day after Rampage. They reunited on Rampage, and it's like, why are you putting this out in the midst of everything? Like you were a social media person, so. The, the, this the, is not the time to be tweeting this. So the stuff is definitely scheduled, right? However, considering the circumstances, it should have been removed. So what the tweet said was, um, I don't the have my phone. Are back. So it, 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 it's not even that. It's specifically what it says is the thing that got me. So I like, have One I, I have it here now. So AEW put oh, up on their story. The oh, I dressed their past. Yeah, so it says... Uh, the Sex Gods reunion, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho addressed their pasts. Like, th- that is horrifically bad timing. Like, that's so insensitive in every sense of the word. Um, so the, the, the tone for this match is not good. And before you continue and talk about the match itself, because I think it's actually worth talking about. Yep. Everybody in this match is rattled. By this, everyone. Oh yeah, everyone is absolutely visi- like everybody is visibly on, yeah. Everybody is visibly annoyed. Everybody is visibly um, affected by this. There are spots in the match people are messing up and botching, and I don't like using that term because it's a live performance. It happens, but like there's botches galore. Um, there is refusal to work with Chris Jericho by Ricky Sarks in a very awkward sequence where it's so funny it, Ricky Starks just sticks up his middle finger and gets out of the ring just does not want to be in the ring with Chris Jericho whatsoever yes so I don't know don't if know if his character or what like I don't is. know what that was but like it looked Between weird that and everything now I will say most of the botches that yeah. happened yeah were sting I think there are more than you are actually giving credit for don't know if that's the right way to phrase awesome. that but the ones i remember were all sting, sting were out sting was out of it too i will say but it wasn't and just I, him sting gets a little bit of a pass because it's sting. He's sting yeah like he's all the shit he probably shouldn't still be going but i like seeing him yeah i, I like sting Sting's he's old as shit we shouldn't be seeing him but i like sting 
Yeah, do you know, it's it's the Ric Flair scenario, but I don't like Ric Flair. Yeah, oh, fuck Ric Flair, man. See, exactly. Fuck Ric Flair. But you'd never, you'd never say such a thing about oh, Sting. Sorry to call on a tangent. Did you see what he said about Vince McMahon today? No. <laughs> I presume Rick, it was bad. Ric Flair said, WWE's ran entirely differently now. I liked when Vince McMahon ran it. That was better. That's because Ric Flair was allowed to go off yeah. and assault people. Helicopter people with his dick on an airplane. He was able to do whatever he wanted. Oh. It was bad. So the match itself, I feel like it's at the start... It's symbolic. Yeah, but let's at talk the about... It's sick because it's just Darby Allen yeah. doing Darby Allen stuff. Let, let's talk about the crowd for a second, right? Because I love it yeah. so much. The way that the crowd operated in this match was, we are going to be into Darby Allen. Yep. We are going to be into Sting. They chanted incessantly for Sting. Yeah. Sammy Guevara, we're indifferent about. There's no there's no cheering, but there's no booing. We just Sammy Guevara's here. Yeah, like it's it's Sammy Guevara. He'll probably do a Spanish fly. The more that Chris Jericho was in the ring, the more the crowd booed and the louder the boos got. And by the time it comes to the end of the match. And they think Chris Jericho is going to actually get the pin. They are nuclear in terms yeah, of how are, they angry they are. Having this. And as soon as Sammy Guevara does a shoot and start press and wins, they're actually kind of surprised that that was the finish, considering the allegations. Um, and you can tell, and people were not happy. Was that the finish? The finish was a shooting star press from Sammy Guevara to get the pin. That was the finish. Huh. It was super flat. Okay. Super flat. Um, didn't know that. I didn't realize that was the finish. That was the finish because they're trying to set up Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho getting a title shot. Um, and can't do that. That they are. Sure. Just, the fact that Chris Jericho wasn't in the post media scrum. Um, yep. the fact that Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara won the match, the fact that they didn't really pull punches in terms of pulling Chris Jericho from the match, the fact that Tony Khan didn't comment on it leaves me fully to believe that they're going to try and just ignore this. And it's not... The problem is, with with this, with any story for any promotion with something of this level, it's not going to be ignored. So, they're going to have to address this in some capacity. At at some stage or another, yeah. Yeah, like, just a refusal to answer the question alone is just infuriating. Um, it's now, just not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And it's a, it's a disgrace. Like, this, this is a sexual assault claim. Like, you have to be taking this seriously, and you have to be letting people who are asking, like, if you're talking to the media, whether there's an NDA signed or not, for whatever reason. Like, and I, I, and perhaps that's why he didn't comment on it, because of the NDA. Like, it's possible, just thinking about it now. Like, if he, like, I'm not saying Tony Khan signed one, but, like, if Tony Khan knew about everything and did sign one, for example, or is aware that there's an NDA, he probably doesn't want to break it either. So... Correct me if I'm wrong here. Was it Jericho during the Vince McMahon thing where it came out that he paid women off? Yep. Was it Jericho who said, well, what he did wasn't illegal? Um, I believe so. I feel like I now I, again, I feel like I, I did see it wrong. on the podcast where someone did say that. I think Caramo said... said it to me the other day from the marks where I um... think Caramel said what Chris Jericho came out and said what he did wasn't illegal. Let me try to find it. It's like, yeah. Jeff, just, just tell us you agree with the dude. Man. So Chris Jericho says, in response to 
is this a surprise? He goes, not really. I mean, a is it any surprise in the industry when that happens? And really, when you look at it, it's really not illegal. He had an affair. He paid the lady not to say anything and they moved on. So he's talking about a... Because I remember. He's talking about an old... A very old scenario. Not necessarily the newest one, I would say. Saying that it still does apply to the newest one. Um, let's keep in mind... As much as Chris Jericho is beloved, Chris Jericho is a piece of shit. While he is like, has some opinions that might lean to the left, he predominantly leans to the right. His wife is completely on the right. His wife is a huge Trump supporter and was part of the insurrection on January 6th. Like, also definitely cheating on his wife. Definitely cheating on his wife. But like, all these things are happening. Like, he's not a good person. He's donated money to Trump. Like, he's not a good person. He's just not like. Um, and I know that that's getting very political, but like, I'm very left leaning. So, like, when I see somebody do that, for me personally, I'm just kind of like, okay, you believe, you have your beliefs, you want to pay money to support this person, sure. But, like, when you're doing something like that, what I'm talking about with Kylie Ray, and then you're also talking about Vince in that way, just shows your mentality with a situation like this. So, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Tony Khan in the press conference was on good form besides that he talked about Kenny Omega as well um, and the reason why I want to talk about Kenny Omega is I love Kenny Omega but Kenny Omega was pulled from the match because he had a diverticulitis scare where if he delayed going to the hospital even for another few days potentially would have gotten blood poisoning and potentially would have died it would have been a 50-50 chance that he yeah, lived so or died doctors said that it was 50-50 if it had gone another 24 hours it was a 50% chance of death yeah like that's which is fucking terrifying yeah that's scary like that's very scary um so tony khan was pulled or sorry kenny mega was pulled from the match and tony khan um said that he needed to change the entire match because you can't just replace kenny omega and he's right um, but Ken yeah. Kenny Omega is now going to be out for what looks like a significant amount of time while he, he deals with diverticulitis. And um, for people who don't know what, what diverticulitis is or does not, don't know how severe it can be, this is what Brock Lesnar had in the UFC, which is actually the reason that he had to end up leaving the UFC is because he couldn't deal with, with this anymore, um, which is why the part-time WWE schedule suited him so much was because he was able to work on himself and still get paid a shitload of money. I'm um, absolutely certain he was the one coming back for day one, by the way. Who? Uh, Lesnar. You were? Oh, yeah. It's right around Rumble season. This is Lesnar comeback time. I mean, it's still possible, I suppose. Apparently, it's supposed to be The Rock. But um, with Kenny, going back to this, um, Kenny yes. is likely going to be out for a significant amount of time while this, uh, while he gets himself treated. Um, when he comes back, I would be very surprised if they put him into any tag team scene because um while this is a very serious thing kenny omega has already gone on the record before saying that his next big injury he's not he's not doing this rehab stuff again um he said that if he gets injured like he has before he's out he's done um now i don't think this justifies that i as an outsider obviously i don't know but like judging from what i've seen and read it doesn't look like this meets that criteria because he can come back in a couple of months and be perfectly healthy. And all he really has to do to himself is change his diet and eat a certain way and train a certain way. It's not like he is recuperating in the sense of he tore his ACL. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he doesn't have to learn how to walk again. He doesn't. Yeah. So I think that there is 
I think that the he's talked about this before that the clock is ticking down for Kenny Omega. Yep. And I think when he comes back, they have to pull the trigger in all the dream matches that they wanted to do. So I don't know how much longer he can be the best out machine. It's true. Were his exact words. Yeah. I I think that by the time he comes back, if you're looking at around double or nothing time, the glasses are annoying me. Around double or nothing time, and yep. you're you're starting to build up to to all in. I think that. Just, I think if he comes back, you need to just say fuck it with storylines, and it's like, right, Kenny, who do you want to wrestle? Yeah, I you, I think I think it's one of those things where they had MJF and Kenny happen on collision with like not a whole lot of story behind it at the start before it got to my streak versus yours. Uh, yeah. Which is fine. That's a perfectly good storyline, but it it they they could have built it up weeks in advance and didn't. And the match happened on a random episode of AW Collision because it was the day before he got surpassed. Right? People complained that that wasn't on pay per view. Now I understand that people should be complaining that it wasn't on pay per view, but if it was a thing where Kenny Omega, his reign, um, ended the day after Full Gear, it probably would have been on pay per view. Yeah, they'd have done it as a pay-per-view. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to pull the trigger on the matches while you can. If they didn't pull the trigger on MJF and Kenny Omega, it probably would never happen now. I'm not even joking. Yeah, because... Because he's... he's, a, he's, he's a, he, but he's out now. He's out now. MJF is not the champ. MJF will probably not get the title again this year. I, I hope, for the love of God, MJF doesn't get the title again this year. But I feel we talked about this earlier. I feel like logically it's the only way that they can do it. Um, but look, I'm not the booker. I'll just watch and 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 enjoy. But watch and enjoy. Kenny Omega probably won't be world champ again. I'm okay with that. But I yeah. think they need to say fuck it and just give him whatever matches he wants. They need to give him Danielson. They need to give him. We didn't Edge. get the we didn't get the Andrade AEW match, but give him Edge. Give him whoever. Whoever he wants to wrestle. Give him Hangman again if you really want to. Give him Swerve. Yeah, you, like you, you can do anybody. Yeah. Give him Jay and White. He, like, literally just announced the fucking thing. is like, oh, here's Kenny Omega's farewell tour. He's just going to wrestle. Nah, you, you don't even need to do that, man. It's just, for, for me, if, he doesn't... need. people he does... are giving out about the whole storyline thing, you should be like, hey, he's, he's wrestling. Kenny Omega, is... look, th- th- there's, it's not... Forget the storyline stuff, right? Forget... I understand exactly what you're saying. You're totally right because it should just be let him wrestle and do his bit thing, right? Yeah. There's such an easy way to do this, which is when he comes back, just behind the scenes, say, if you want a match, we'll make it work. And that's it. And the match has just happened. There's no farewell tour. There's no big blue, None of that. And if we get three more, four more years of Kenny Omega, happy days. If he decides to retire in Canada next year, that's fine as well. Whatever they want to do. But when he comes back, they need to pull the trigger on the dream matches that they've been avoiding. They have 100% been avoiding Danielson and Omega. I do think one big thing about that is they've actually been injured a lot of the time that they cross paths. paths. And when you look at like the BCC versus the Elite for the first half of last year, Danielson was injured. He's injured. Yeah. Like, and then when he comes back, he obviously has his Forbidden Door matched and he's taking over Collision. There's there's not a whole lot of time there. But then if you're going before that, then you're looking at Kenny Omega only came back really in November and didn't have that much time after coming back in September and then Brawl Out happened. 
So there actually hasn't been a whole lot of time that they've been able to cross paths to do it. So they actually have their match. Exactly. So it and Daniel Danielson is done full time this year. So it has to happen soon. Like they have to pull the trigger. But uh, move. I, Go on. the presumption is that they will. They have to. Like if he, if he comes back, he's one of the founding members of the company. They'll give him everything he wants. Yeah, and they want to keep him happy. He also is like one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Like, and he has he has an aura about him. Like, and like he can do so much behind the scenes. We know this, but they just need to give him the matches he wants, and uh, that's kind of it, really. And yeah, kind of that. So I have one topic here which I want to talk about, which is the return of AJ Styles. Yes, that happened. He is gigantic. He is twice the man he was before. Yeah. This, I feel like, is a repeat conversation of what we had a couple of weeks ago, which is wrestlers are 100%, 100% using steroids again. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't feel... When, when we talked about Orton, I, I was very reserved, which I think it's right to be reserved because <clears throat> not everybody does. After seeing AJ Styles, there's no way you can be gone for three months and put on that amount of muscle. It's not possible. It's not possible. It just isn't. He's, uh, he's, he's definitely a big boy. Yeah, it's not possible. It's uh, like naturally, that's like, I do not care who you are. That's not possible. It's yeah, not. He came back as a real big boy. He's huge. Yeah. He's absolutely huge. He's massive. Now, uh, so this crossed my mind recently. Um, obviously, AEW have had a great year for signing people. Yeah. They've had, like, those, those is all elite graphics. Yeah. Looking at those on paper has been absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. I think WWE have done a better job of using the people they've brought in. Right. Than AEW has. Okay. Do you have the do you have the names for me? Uh well I'm gonna the three most recent people okay. who have come back okay. to WWE are CM Punk, okay. who went right into the main event picture. It was like, oh this guy is a big fucking deal. Okay, I got fired by AW, go on. I got fired by AW, but when he came back, it's like this is a huge fucking deal. Okay. Randy Orton comes back, it's like this is a huge fucking deal. The, these He's aren't signings. The event pitcher. CM so, Punk's I mean, signing. People who are coming back. Okay. And the same with AJ Styles, where it's as soon as these people come back, it's like, oh, this is this is big news. Yeah. And I feel like that should have happened more with the the superstars AEW brought in. I instead of I think there's a perception issue here that you're falling victim to. Go on. Um a so when WWE make a big hollow blue about anything <clears throat> and they, they make it seem a bigger deal than it is because they overproduce everything. As opposed to AEW, which put on wrestling over entertainment primarily. So like J- the, but even Jay even White's had some argument. of the big the biggest matches this year has been the face of collision. Has been an absolutely amazing signing since he came in on like May or whatever it was. Has been, or sorry, not May. He came in like fucking, yeah, no May. He came in in May. Has been an unreal signing. Has put on consistently amazing matches. Has put on consistently amazing promos. Has been a fantastic signing. Will Ospreay hasn't done anything yet because Will Ospreay. Yeah, Will Ospreay is not there yet. Okay, Mariah May has come in only a couple of weeks ago. Like maybe like two months ago. 
Um, Edge and Christian have the best feud that's ongoing in AEW currently and have put on amazing matches, just put on a classic at World's End. Yep. I don't and understand. these are all things that happen around the mid-card. Like, they, M or Jay White got okay, but his like, moment with... I, I understand, but like, but okay. So, here's what I'm going to say. WWE has two world titles. Yep. They have two world titles. Mm-hmm. They have enough room to fit all the main eventers. There was at one point in November where there were seven people going after MJF. Like, yeah. the point I'm making here is that you're saying that the, you can't have everybody be the AEW champion. You can't. And they're building a swear for that spot. So you can't just ha- sign everybody and say, yeah, they have to be put into that position immediately. It's okay for them to be around the mid card for a while. That that's the problem with but see, this is the problem with the perception issue between AEW and WWE. If WWE put AJ Styles into a feud for the Intercontinental Championship against Gunther for the next three months, like they're gonna put on amazing matches and nobody's gonna not nobody's gonna give out that AJ Styles isn't in the main event picture. But if AEW do it, it's a problem. And that comes down to the perception of the actual titles themselves. And I talked to Mercer about this a couple of days ago at World's End. WWE's titles come across more prestigious than AEW's because AEW's, for example, two of them are TV network names. But like, the the All-Atlantic or the international titles should be the second title in AEW. That should be the one that people are going for. That should be like, um, like main eventing the end of Dynamites and stuff like that. Like consistently. Yeah. That that should well, be because, that title. Because it's Orange Cassidy. It's, it's not happened. Silly. Exactly. So like, like... People come up and say, I want a match and he goes, okay. Yeah. So like... I under- some matches are amazing and some matches are awful. Not awful. They're all they're okay at least. It's Orange Cassidy. He's great. Like yeah, but like they're just they're just matches. Just matches. They, yeah. they don't feel like title matches. I agree, but like the point I'm making here is this: this comes down to a perception issue as opposed to what's actually being presented to you. So like, WWE make a bigger deal about these things, so you're more okay with it and you're used to the format. But when AEW do it, it's a problem. It's not just you because I fall into this trap as well from experience. So like. AEW, you look at Jay White, you're like, my God, it's criminal. He's not AEW world champion. Do you want to know what's criminal as well? The Hangman is an AEW world champion. The Swerve is an AEW world champion. The Moxie is an AEW world champion. The Danielson is an AEW world champion. The Jay White is an AEW world champion. champion. I know, but what I'm saying is you can't have everybody compete all the time in the main event scene like it's WWE. WWE used to do monthly feuds or two-month feuds. That's not the case anymore. They do like year-long feuds a lot of the time in the main event scene. Like the Cody one's been going on for two years. You feel the me? Cody Rose one has been going on for quite a while. Yeah. It's... Yeah, yeah I think you're going the wrong way with it. Go the on. Presentation, I feel like the presentation of people they've brought in yeah. has not been very good for the people they've brought in. Right, but like, I I understand to a degree because I talked about this already, right? If you look at someone like Andrade, just an example. Yep. Andrade was not booked the way that he should have been booked, right? He wasn't, genuinely. And I I said a couple of days ago, I think he should go back to WWE because they'll actually book him better. And he'll actually be better in WWE. I understand that's the case sometimes. I don't think that's the case with their 2023 signings at all. Like, their 2023 signings are Will Ospreay, Adam Copeland, Jay White, Katsuyori Shibata, Nick Wayne, Mark Briscoe, Kota Ibushi, Taya Valkyrie, Ozzy Open, Roderick Strong, Sky Blue, Billy Sarks, Mariah May, Commander, The Righteous, Nigel McGuinness, 
like there's loads right but like ju- just going through this list right now Will Ospreay hasn't like has already been presented exactly great right. on AEW TV he's already been He's already been presented in in a good light already, right? And on yeah. Copeland, while is in a mid card feud, is putting on a main event level feud. It doesn't need to be for the title. Like, like if there was no title involved here, it would be a main event feud. It's only a it's only a mid card feud because the title that's associated with it. Jay White was in the main event of Full Gear and has been presented and only got pinned for the first time at Full Gear. Katsuyori Shibata was the Ring of Honor pure champion and put on fantastic matches in Ring of Honor and is now signed to AEW full-time. Nick Wayne has been paired with Christian Cage and has had loads of matches and is only 18 years old. Um, Mark Briscoe has been presented in a fantastic light since he got signed to AEW after the passing of his brother and has put on fantastic matches and has been um, accepted and adored by the crowd and has been booked fairly well considering. Um, Kota Ibushi is one that I can see kind of where you're coming from but he has not been on the level himself physically that he's able to perform at. Taya Valkyrie, I, I don't even know where she is. Not a clue. Not going to say anything about that. Um, Ozzy Open booked very well. Um, should have beaten FTR. Um unfortunately didn't beat FTR um, fantastic signings Kyle Fletcher's getting a singles push great Roderick Strong has Kyle, been Kyle very Fletcher good Fletcher getting it now is fine yeah Roderick Strong they spent ages with him doing the fucking wheelchair thing that paid off over the weekend yeah thank god that's fine it was so long but before that like I, st- I think I had this thought like two weeks ago yeah where it was like geez there's a lot of these signings that I thought they would have done more with but like instead of just have them okay let, let me finish Roderick Strong has been involved in a main event feud and story for months now. Sky Blue has been is now in a main event women's feud. I know it's for a TBS title, but it's the main women's feud that's going on right now, and it's associated mm-hmm. with um, Julia Hart. Billy Starks just main evented a Ring of Honor pay per view. Mariah May is going to be pushed to the top soon, and has been what's sidekicked with Tony Storm, I suppose. Um, Commanders had very good matches and has been booked fairly well. The Righteous have been booked fairly well and had the match against um, MJF. Like, I think, and this isn't me just defending AEW for the sake of it, this is a perception issue. I, You're saying that, that I don't know what more they could have done. I, these people should have been used better. How? I just broke it down. How? They're all they're all in prominent feuds on TV. You're like I hate to say it, you're wrong. I never so say you're wrong, but you're wrong. You think the way they've brought in Jay White and used him thus far or the way they've yes. used Kota Abushi so far. Yes. Is correct. So Roger Strong doing the broken neck gimmick for the last what eight months. Got over with the crowd, hasn't been eight months. Happened on happened on collision in August, I'm pretty sure. Okay, because so CM Punk was still for... there. And CM Punk ran out to save Roderick Strong. Four months now. Okay. Roderick Strong was one of the best wrestlers. He said he, he still is. And he still ha- he still had fantastic matches on AEW TV, even with the neck brace. He was still wrestling with the neck brace. Like, I think like this, I don't know what a world you're living, or what island, not island, what planet you're living on. But like, I think that this your perce- like the perception that you're picking up is wrong because they've all been in high profile feuds. Jay White just had a seven week build to a main event level feud, and yes, he lost. 
if he won, in you would one not of be the worst manners. Yeah, possible. no, I agree. I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, you can't say that he's not being utilized correctly when he's literally in the main event of a pay per view booked seven weeks in advance for one of w- uh, or one of AEW's four pillar pay per views. It's not even just their their new signings. They have so many people that I feel like just need to. That's be... a different conversation. I agree. I agree with it's that. Like, it's, it's not even just it should be in the main event. It should be on TV. They they have two they have too many more. signings. This is the problem. They have too many signings. So like they signed yeah, like they, they signed, signed too many people. So many people this year, and you're looking at it going, "Wow, a lot of these lads haven't done." It's not. What they it's not. Have. It's not this year. It's not this year. It's a couple of years ago when they in 2021 even, when they were even this year. Oh yeah. When you but look like, at them this year, you're like these lads should probably have done more. Then you go look at the roster. It's like Jesus. There's a lot of these people who should do more. Like they got rid of dark and elevation when the majority and this is dead. Honestly, the truth, the majority of their roster, because they have an extremely bloated roster, was utilized on Dark and Elevation. That's what happened, right? Like, they have so many people on their roster that I have not seen on TV in the longest fucking time. Um, like, for example, do you know who Paige Van Zandt is? I'm actually looking at their roster now. There's yeah. a lot of these so, people that I've never P- seen Paige before. Van Zandt is still on their roster. How? P- Peter Avalon? Peter, like, pretty Peter Avalon, yeah. So, like... This is what I mean. Like, they're... oh, he's he's wrestled eighteen times yeah. in twenty twenty three, but he's two and sixteen. So many of these people don't need to be on this roster. I think the women's roster is actually in a very healthy state right now if they utilize it correctly. So, like, I'm not even going to talk about the women's roster. But for example, you know the Righteous. Yep, the Righteous are a Ring of Honor tag team. Have yes. barely been used on AEW TV. Have started to be used on Collision every so often. They're an AEW team though. They're actually yeah, signed they're, to they're, AW. They're signed to AW now. I'm looking at that here. Like Tony Nice was a fant- had one of the best um matches um for a, a lower card <clears throat> in WrestleMania history against Buddy Matthews. Fantastic match. It's unreal. It's mm-hmm. so good, right? He he people are not fans of him. He shouldn't be on TV if that's the case. Like if you can't get someone over, why are they on TV? The Butcher and the Blade, we talked about this a few days ago. I'm not a fan of at all, really, to be honest. Um, Butcher looks cool, but kind um, of. He apparently he's a very nice guy too. But like, Stu Grayson was re-signed, um, as part yeah. of the Dark Order. I can't remember the last time I saw him as part of the Dark Order on TV. Um, Stokely is great. Sting is great. Sanjay is great. Sean Dean, Captain Sean Dean. No idea. Captain Sean Dean has, I think, something like five or six wins in the last like two or three years, something like that, right? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Two of them, three of them are against MGF. There's a story going on with MGF and Sean Dean, right? So, I understand, but he's not being utilized. Sir Pentacle is clearly a good wrestler. He's at an elite level, but like, he should not be on TV and in Battle Royals. Like, Scorpio Sky is there. Why is he not being used? Is he still injured? I don't know. Not a clue. Looking at it now here, a new gripe. Yep. Uh, Paul White is a signed wrestler. Yep. And he went into that street fight yep. with... Oda and Kenny and Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny and Jericho, we, we've already talked about that. They don't need to be together. Yeah. I don't know why they are. That's that's fine. Whatever. We'll get over that. That should not, in any semblance, have been Paul White. Yeah. That could have been anyone fucking else. Yep. And I'm sure there's someone there who... Dude, it's wrestling. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. It could be fucking anybody. You can make up any excuse you want. Like, 
this is what I was saying to you before. It doesn't matter. It can be anyone. Like, like so many people that just could have been. Like it could have been so many people. What? What? What led to Swerve's build? Being really good. Yeah, I know that, but he was with Keith Lee, and he was great. He left Keith Lee and went to Morgan Embassy. Uh, Morgan Affiliates, yeah. Um, fuck, who did he? Yeah, I'm trying few, to think, it was yeah, him. Him yeah, and Darby. Darby, yeah. What What happened before him and Darby? Because he was big around the Darby feud. He was already big though. But it wasn't. Like, I feel like Swerve very quickly went to people being like, this is the guy. Wasn't quick. And I, I don't feel like it was quick. I'm on cage match now. One sec. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out because like in February. So. Swerve's against a bunch of jobbers. Show me. What did he lose? Darby Allen. What, yeah, what happened? Who did Swerve wrestle after all in? Was it was it straight into Hangman? Was it Cassidy? It was Cassidy. He had the Orange Cassidy. Feud. It was the Cassidy. Feud. I'm not even looking at that. I just remember it's Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. The hundred percent Cassidy. Yeah. Because he, it was the Battle Royal thing, and then he had the yeah, match against and... Cassidy, and he should have won. To be honest, like, doesn't matter Probably, now, I suppose. Yeah. But he should have won. He should have beaten him, especially when you look at what happened with Mox. Oh, that was that was just a, a nightmare scenario all around. So after all in, it was. <laughs> was he straight to Cassidy after all in? Oh no no, that was before before that. Before all in, before... before all in and all out was. So he was in the feud with Sting because the match that they had at all in was Swerve and um, Christian versus Sting and Darby. So like he was he was still in the Derby feud the whole way up to it was after so it was Cassidy, then Derby, then Hangman in that order. Uh, Did I say that right? Sorry, Cassidy, yeah, Derby, so. Hangman is what I meant to say. Yeah. Okay, Grant, yeah. And all That's of a sudden and then people were like, right, this is the guy. And that felt really natural. It was when they re when they changed Mogul Affiliates to Mogul Embassy, when they changed that and paired him with Prince Nana and paired him with Brian Cage and the other two lads that I still don't know their names, um, when he was paired with them, that's when it changed the perception of these lads are badasses. That, uh, that, that's when it changed. No, Mogul Embassy is good as a whole, to be honest. Then obviously the uh... content of Classic people had their own narratives. Oh yeah, but he was he was fucking he was hot as shit going into the Continental Classic. He was. People are so mad at World's End, by the way. Uh so everything up until Edge and Christian. Yeah. Sucked. That's not fair. It the wasn't content, like sorry now. The eight man tag to start off the show was good. Yeah. Um then it was bad. the issue the issue with the eight man tag to start off the show was it was the first of two eight man tags of the night. I'm okay with it, depending on how good they are. And yeah. after seeing them both? I, I didn't need to see both. <laughs> I I, I yeah, it, they they, like they, they did not need to have 
the, the Kenny or the, the Jericho one being A, man. I, I understand, like, the eight man between the Continental Classic eight. I get it. Because they, they, they all just had matches against each other. They don't need to have more matches against each other. But we want I, them on I, the I show. I saw someone say it should have been single elimination. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. That would have been... That, you know what? Now that you say that, that would have been a huge improvement because it would have been down to two people who would have had... Yeah, if you, like, made, yeah, if that's you cool. made that single elimination and dropped the other eight man, yeah. even if it's still the same length of... Put it down man. to Jay White and Danielson as the last two or Jay White and Daniel Garcia or something. Well, Garcia won it, so they are like... Garcia was the, the hometown guy, right? Yeah. So that's fine. And even if you don't want... Like, if they want to go back to protecting Jay White, and it's like, don't make him take a pin. Make him, like, have him take it in a scramble early in the match or something. Yeah, I get you. Um, I don't know who was on Jay White's team. I will say, right? The opener was good. Yep. The last three matches were very good. Very good. So the last three uh, would have been... Edges Mania 22. Sorry, the, sorry. The, la- the main event wasn't very good. It was just okay. So, like, two of the last three matches were great. Um, uh, the main event, so I was very pissed off with MJF and Jay White. Try watching it live. Mercer fell asleep. Yeah, I know. But um, if MJF is as fucked up as he seems to be, yeah. I understand why they've done shit this way. I... You need to finish. You need to get a story across, and you have a plan in place. Tony so... Khan will always stick to the story that he has planned yeah. out, and rarely and if ever that's changes the way he it. Is, that's fine. So, like, I understand to a greater extent now why the Jay White match was so overbooked, yeah. and why, like, just why there was so much kind of kooky shit happening. When you when when you look back on it now. You can absolutely see why it was the way it was. I still don't think it was good, but I, I see why now. When we do a video on this in like a year, because like I, I'm, I'm trying to move away from recent stuff for the most part, um, because I saw some people say it'd be good if you focus on some of the older stuff we haven't seen. It's like, it's a very good point because like, if you just watch Aaron Cassidy's full reign, why do you want to watch his full reign again when it just ended? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So, like, in a year's time when we cover this, that Jay White match of Full Gear is going to be viewed in an entirely different light because of yeah, the, it's, it's, the story the around it. The match he had against Jay White is because he's destroyed physically. Exactly. Um, but not only, well, part, a lot of his injuries came in that match, but, like, it's the reason why they had the match they had was because they were trying to get across that he's a broken person because Joe killed him. Yeah. That's why they did it that way. Now, and even since that match, they've come out and said, like, oh, we're going to be the wrestling company again. We're yeah. Gonna be Restore the feeling. Bullshit. Yeah. They have. So maybe Joe fixes it. Well, I don't know. I'd like to see Joe not hold that title for very long either. I, I think that AEW, they have this. I, I think the, the shortest reign is Chris Jericho, technically. Sorry. Technically, it's Punk. But 76 days or something something like punk. that yeah but like yeah. excluding Punk I think it's Jericho at like 6 months I'd love if they just had a short reign like you can have him do an open challenge every week if you wanted to and beating people every week and then well they're doing they're doing 12 pay-per-views next yeah week. well apparently well actually yeah, so like, no, no they're not doing 12 they're doing 10 again 
Okay, so because they, they, they have none until Revolution, which is in March. February? March. So let Joe hold it until Revolution. Let him drop it then. That's fine. He drops it to someone, and then whoever he beats or whoever beats him at Revolution drops it at the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. I I actually wouldn't mind if he won at Revolution and then dropped it at the because I think there's going to be a pay per view in April. There might not be, but there could be. Um. Something told me Forbidden Door was April, but it's not. It's June. It's the end of June. Yeah. So um, I, I, I don't know. I'd like to see a chance. Like you have so many people that, as I said there, like you have so many people who aren't getting used. Just fucking, just give everyone a month. They don't need to hot shot the title. This is the thing. But they, they I think that they don't need to have year long reigns. Which yeah, like, like Kenny, Kenny Omega had a year long reign, and MGF beating it and losing it the way he did makes sense. But like, if Joe. And Adam, if Adam Cole comes back in, I don't know. He's not going to be. He's not due to be. Like Joe, so like, uh, he's probably not going to be cleared for Revolution. Prob- so if you probably do Wardlow not. and Joe. No, you could do Wardlow and Joe again. They had a feud in the past, but like yeah, but for, now you do it for the title. Okay, but let, let, let's do it so it's somebody else. Let's say I don't know who had a feud with Samoa Joe in the past. Like, CM Punk. <laughs> bring back Punk. Punk's Still the devil. Punk Joking. is the devil. I'm gonna look at AEW's roster one second again. Um, I have it all in here. So, okay, so if you look at somebody like. So Samoa oh, Joe's he called out. He called out Hangman and Swerve. There you go. So perfect, perfect. So the the next person he faces is Hangman, right? Yep. You and judge... then you do Swerve and Hangman for the belt. So you can have if you really wanted it, wanted to, you could have it. So Swerve beats Joe, and then Hangman okay. Hangman goes up against Swerve. Hangman loses against Swerve or whatever you want to do. Like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different things you can do. But the point I'm making is there is, like, so many different avenues you can go down here. But one of them I think that they should take is not having a long title run. And I think yeah. I think it would actually benefit the company to have a couple of shorter title runs so they're able to actually promote people as former world champion or whatever it may be. Because as of right now, there's only been six. I thought it was five. But it's six since Joe, yeah. Six since Joe. So it'd be Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Hangman Page, CM Punk, John Moxley. They said MJF, MJF, Samoa Joe. Joe, MJF, Samoa Joe, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, John Moxley. That's five. Hangman. Hangman. Six. CM Punk, seven. Seven. So seven. So there just needs to be. But it feels like everyone is on a ridiculously long title reign even though they're not because they've dropped it and won it back very quickly and that kind I, of thing. I still don't believe Cassidy should have won it back now considering the circumstances I get it I feel like the long term plan was Cassidy builds his way back up and beats Moxley that was probably the long term plan that they had Um, but he shouldn't have won it back that fast but yeah him winning it back like three weeks later feels very strange or like it feels like Christian has been TNT champion forever it's so funny because he wasn't. Yeah, like he wasn't even champ for yeah. most of the beginning yeah. of when he was champ. Yeah. See, I think that's good because I have no issue with that because the story is there. Um, yeah, the, the story for the Christian one is fine. It's just like I can, I feel like I can look at all of these champions and be like, these people have been champs for a long time. Forever. Except, yeah. except Julia Hart. Ah, jeez. Tony Storm, when he won it back recently? Full gear. TBS. Julia Hart is TBS champ. Yeah, I said Tony Storm when he won it back at full gear. Oh no, I get that, but like I... yeah, but they both they but they've both only been champ for about 
two months. It's not even that long. Before Tony Storm won it. Tony Storm beat Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida. Okay, yeah. All right, that one's fair enough. Like the two women's ones are fine. Uh, Joe is obviously Joe won it like yesterday, so that's grand. Uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill. That's gone on too long already. I am very happy for Big Bill. I'm happy for Ricky Starks as well because he, he is apparent, apparently a good egg. Yeah, they, and... they deserve a title win. But, but, but come Matt, on now. Dude, they were getting beaten by Jericho and Omega. Pro- yeah, that's probably true. That's 100% uh, the, what was going to happen. Like The Acclaim need to drop them belts or at least defend them belts. Dude, oh my God, I'm so glad you said it and not me. Like, hold on. When did the Acclaim last? I don't defend? think they've had a single title... They have been champions for 125 days. They won it at All In. Listen to this, right? So, they won it at All In. Yep. Okay, that's not for the titles. I'm checking here just to make sure. So, All In would have been... All In was August It's here. I I have it here at 27. Yeah. I'm opening a bunch of tabs. I'm literally checking. These are like loads of dark matches and shit, I think. So, did not have the title match on Collision. Did not have a title match on All Out, it looks like. No, they definitely did. So that's one title. Uh, did they have a title match at All Out? I think they had it on Zero Hour, yeah. Um... I don't think they did. It wasn't for the title. Uh, so all out. Hangman, uh, wins the battle royale. Yeah, they they did they had one on zero. I saw it. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay, so they they've had. Okay, I have it here. I have it here. All their defenses. Oh, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh. They had an eight minute match on Collision against Angela Parker, Daniel Garcia, and Matt Menard. They had a fight, a six minute match on. Zero hour. They oh, had yeah. a eleven minute match against the Dark Order. Eleven minute match against Brothers A and the Hardys. Not a single good matches in here, by the way. Dalton Castle and the boys. Action and Dretti and Top Flight. They've had since all in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten defenses, and not a single one of them memorable. I like. There are good trios teams in AEW. I man, I literally said at the start of that sentence. I don't think they've defended them a single time. So like, obviously, Death Triangle aren't kicking. Well, like th- that's th- there's a million different teams you can do. Put- I'm trying to think of other trios. You could put the belts in the Dark Order if you wanted to. I wouldn't, but you could. Yeah, like, neither would I. There's absolutely nothing wrong with putting the belts on Action Andretti and Top Flight if you wanted to. You could absolutely put... I'll type in AEW Trios team, so I'll not... Uh, like he's fucking... House of Black. Have, have them wrestle the best friends. House of Black. The uh, uh, Mogul the, Embassy. The House of Black did nothing when they had them. Mogul Embassy. Mogul, yeah, Mogul Embassy. Mogul Embassy could do it. Um... Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt. No. Blackpool Combat Club. That's that, It's shocking that they haven't went for it. Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Santana Best and Ortiz friends, obviously. Other, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's not going to happen. 
Yeah, I think you clicked in the same list I did. Yeah, probably. I think so. Um, yeah, like realistic. Okay, so maybe there aren't a great amount of people for them to drop it to. If they're not going to put Pack in a singles run, Death Triangle should take it back. Lucha Brothers and Mark Briscoe. What are they called? They're called the Lucha Brothers and Mark Briscoe. They will match together. <laughs> okay, no. Um, if you, if the Lucha Brothers are going anywhere near those titles, they're doing it with Pack. No, Mark Briscoe's awesome. Mark Briscoe is awesome. And I feel like awesome. Mark Briscoe should probably get a singles title. For a company to have so many titles, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of suitors for them. Oh, no, Except I, I for the world people... title, apparently, which is only suitors for them. That's because so everyone they sign is this big, huge superstar. And it's like, okay, well, he needs a big belt. Uh, well, there's one. Right. Let's bring in another one. I'm going to end it here. It's been an hour, 20 minutes. So... <laughs> Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening to to our podcast. This is going out on all platforms um, except for YouTube. If you want oh, to see the go, Kevin Kevin Dunn got fired, and that's a good oh, thing. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, I love this. Okay, sorry, we forgot Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn's a piece of shit and got sacked. Basically, he didn't get sacked. He actually just left. But I'd love to yeah. say he got sacked. He's a piece of shit. Um, Everyone Ke- is happy. Kevin Dunn is essentially when CM Punk talked about Stooges in WWE, he is like tippy 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 top of this list kevin dunn is a piece of shit like he's a bad person talent do not like him they're not fans of him at all he is very demanding in terms of what he wants um despite there not being a whole lot of precedent for it and uh he is responsible for one segment in wwe or where it was asuka listen to this mike because you won't believe this there was 60 was a 68 cuts Oh, I've heard about this, yeah. In 60 seconds. Not the worst thing he's done. You're talking about, like, the assault claims? Oh, no, no. Uh, purely wrestling based. Well, ap- he ap- apparently. Missed Edge's first spear in 10 years. Oh, he did. He did. He missed AJ Styles. He did, debut Dave, the yeah, he did. He did, he did, he did, he did. So instead of seeing Phenomenal One across the screen, <laughs> we saw a confused Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um,. He is also one of the people that was implicated in the whole John Laurinaitis, Vince McMahon thing, where the woman was supposed to be passed around like a toy, was the words that John Laurinaitis used. Um, so he's not a good dude. He's a piece of shit. And I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad that uh, the product improves. Um, Vince's stooges all seem to be gone now. So you actually will see a product change in or present and presentation change in the product for WWE, you will see a, a, a noticeable difference after a while. It'll take a bit to get there because they're not going to uproot everything that they've done when it's working, but you will see slow incremental changes with camera angles and stuff. We've already started to see it with the drone, sh- the drone shots and stuff. All that oh, stuff cool. that they've done. Yeah, it's cool. So that's it. Thank you very much for yes. listening slash watching the drop McRest and podcast. Um, we will be doing one next Sunday as well. Um, well, this coming Sunday as well. Whether that's in person or Discord, it doesn't actually matter as long as you hear us speak. So there's going to be video on Discord. The full video of everything we, that we just talked about is going to be on Discord as well. And uh, just in case you want to see our Patreon. reactions to certain things. What did I say? Discord? Yep. Fuck. Patreon. Patreon. 
Patreon. The full video is on Patreon if you want to go over and uh, and pledge. But it's also going to be for YouTube members as well. So it's going to be uploaded to both in case you want to see the video pod. But this is available on all platforms. And that's going to be the way it is going forward. So just so you know, for Sunday, if you want to see the video version, go over to Patreon or to YouTube and become a member or pledge. Or you can wait for the audio, which also comes out on the Sunday as well. So... Our ads are on the screen because I'm going to edit them in this time. So just in case you want to follow us, you can. But like, it's up to you really. And uh, go check out Drop McResting and everything. Do you have anything you want to say, Mike? Nope, that's it. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Peace out.